Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, please join me in listening to an interview with Chantel Mitchell. Chantel currently lives in Wellington, New Zealand, and she has parosmia. The following definition about parosmia comes from fifthsense.org. So parosmia is the medical term for experiencing distortions of the sense of smell. Someone with parosmia may be able to detect odors, but the smell of certain things, or sometimes everything, is different and often unpleasant. These unpleasant smells are often described as being like chemicals, burning, feces, rotting flesh, and mold. For some people, they appear in response to specific odors, and for others, they can be triggered by virtually any smell. Parosmia can range from mild to severe and can be an incredibly debilitating and depressing experience for sufferers. We've heard from people who have said that their experience of parosmia was far worse than their initial loss of smell. So let's go ahead and jump in and listen to the interview. Hi, Chantel. Welcome to the Smell Podcast. Thank you. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from and where did you where do you currently live? Okay. Um so I was born in Cape Town, South Africa, and um I moved to Wellington, New Zealand when I was seventeen with my parents and my brother and sister. And I did my last year of school here in Wellington and that's where I met my husband. And yeah, we would have been married for 10 years next year. And we have a two-year-old son called Riley. And we've got another boy on the way due in eight weeks. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Very cool. So you're born in South Africa and then moved to New Zealand. And how long did you live in South Africa until you were like 18? Until I was 17. And I'm 32 now. So, All right. (laughs) Very cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your smell and taste disorder story? Yeah. So um, it started back in mid-October 2018. Um, and I just got a regular cold. To me, it didn't seem any different to a normal cold, but I got the usual loss of smell and taste that you get when you have a cold sometimes. And um, I noticed that that loss of taste and smell had continued for a couple of weeks after the cold so I went to the doctor and um, they just sort of said oh sometimes this can happen with some viruses and just wait it out and maybe in you know four to six weeks it should be all right well <laughs> four to six weeks passed and <laughs> as many as up to 12 weeks passed and I still couldn't taste or smell anything and it was quite hard because um I look after my son full time. I was working from home as well at the time and I could never smell when my son had a dirty nappy. So he would often get nappy rash, which made it a bit tricky. And then around about January this year, we were on holiday somewhere else and I noticed that my perfume smelled a bit funny, like I thought that maybe it had been sitting in the sun or had gone off somehow. And um, so I put it on this morning, that one morning in the hotel and I thought this smells terrible. So I threw it out <laughs> at mm-hmm. the time. And um, then 
I slowly realized that a lot of things just didn't smell normal to me anymore. And that was really strange and a bit scary. And when I went to um, the doctor about that, they just thought, I think they thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, (laughs) They'd never really come across that before. They sort of tried to give me a few different things like steroids and nasal sprays and all sorts of different things, but nothing helped. Um, And I sort of insisted that they refer me to an ENT specialist because it was just not, it was not normal and it was driving me crazy. Um, Yeah. And initially the ENT wouldn't see me because they said if I can pinpoint it to a cold, then it'll probably just come right. And they were only really interested if it was something they could do surgery on to resolve the problem. Um, Mm. But I actually just kept persisting and I tried a few different ENTs and I eventually got to see one. And they had booked me a CT scan at the time, which I couldn't do because I found out a few weeks before that that I was pregnant, so I wasn't able to do the scan. Mm. Um, But luckily for me, this ENT has a special interest in parosmia and I had actually self-diagnosed before I saw him because I thought there must be other people that suffer with this problem. And... Yeah, and then I joined the Prosmia groups on Facebook as well. And, yeah, that was pretty much it. But, yeah, it's been pretty hard. (laughs) I can imagine. Mm. I haven't actually had Prosmia myself, but it sounds like it's awful. Yeah. (laughs) Just from what I've – from other people that I've spoken with as well. So kind of when you you had your head cold in October of 2018 and then you couldn't smell at all for, like, a solid 12 weeks and stuff – After that happened, did your smell come back pretty normal and then you started noticing distorted smells or was the return of your your smell the distorted smells? No. So there was a very brief period. I can't pinpoint exactly how long it was, but I started to be able to taste a little bit. But they were very faint, (laughs) sort of subtle tastes and very faint smells. Mm. which were normal and then suddenly the distortion started happening and it happened quite gradually but then sort of early on in pregnancy before 12 weeks maybe around eight to nine weeks I found that one day I could eat something and the next day it would taste completely awful and I couldn't Mm. eat it anymore Um, and then it just started progressing really fast from that point Uh, There was, I wonder how much the heightened senses in that early pregnancy had to do with it because it made me feel quite unwell a lot, having all these food smells and things. And I'd literally sit on the couch with my head out the window while my husband was making dinner because I just couldn't tolerate it. And then eventually I said to him, no, you can't, you can't cook in this house anymore. You're going to have to eat your cooked food at work and have sandwiches for dinner because I just couldn't tolerate it wow (laughs) that's intense so how long did it take you to discover the word parosmia um it didn't take me too long after the distortion started I think maybe about three or four weeks um before I started doing my own research and found that this thing wasn't going to go away by itself (laughs) yeah anytime soon was there any comfort in finding the groups online? 
Yeah, definitely. There were definitely some stories there of people who'd gotten past this and um, because I went through a really hard time as well when it got very bad back in May and for a solid two months I was just like severely depressed and um, had constant suicidal thoughts and things as well and I think hearing stories from people you know it does get better you know that gives you a bit of hope yeah so I think it definitely helped I'm glad that you're in a better spot right now but I can imagine that it's very difficult especially when everything just smells bad yeah (laughs) it's literally affected every smell yeah so kind of back to what you were saying earlier as well you were seeking out ENT doctors to help you and you're not actually the first person who said this you're actually there's been multiple people who've told me the same thing that the ENT was not interested in seeing them if they knew why they had the smell disorder so like if they knew that it was a cold or something like that they mentioned that they also like the doctor wasn't really that interested in seeing them and that surprises me because I would think as a doctor that you would want to like try to double check it (laughs) yeah you would think (laughs) but maybe it's just because they think I can't do anything about it so maybe they're like there's no point in seeing you I don't know (laughs) yeah but that's interesting because they're just like taking your word for it and you might not know what you're talking about you know what I mean yeah that's true I just find that I just find that interesting so yeah yeah, you're not the only person that that's happened to unfortunately oh that is interesting Hmm. yeah so I know you've talked a little bit about how parosmia has had an impact on your life. What do you think is like the biggest or the, where has parosmia most impacted your life? Is it with like food or is it with like being able to go out in public or how do you think that has impacted you the most? I'd say it's, I mean, definitely food is the biggest thing. Um, I used to cook all the time and I used to love baking and I'd, I was the kind of person who would always be having friends over and hosting them for meals and things. And Christmas is always at our house and I do most of the cooking and that sort of thing. So that stuff I haven't been able to do pretty much all year. And I find it really hard, like, to be in social situations and even to invite people over because, to me, Every situation where you meet a friend, you meet them for coffee or you even, if they come over, they have a a cup of coffee or tea with a biscuit at least or you have a meal together. So every social situation to me involves food or drinks of some sort. So it's really hard to actually have those social situations now. And going out in public... We used to go to a lot of um, places where they'd have events on that would have food stalls. And I still try and force myself to go there, but it's so hard to be around those food smells. Yeah, I just can't <laughs> can't tolerate them at all. <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned kind of how it's impacted the holidays. So with, like, the holidays coming up, are you planning to do something different than you usually do? Are you able to still have friends over? Well, initially, I just said to my family and friends who I normally have Christmas with, that Christmas was cancelled in my house because I I just don't know what I would do. But um, actually, this past week, I've just thought, actually, 
I can do like have everyone over for afternoon tea and do like a platter of food that's like cheese and crackers and fruit and stuff that I can manage to be around because it's not cooked hot food (laughs) Um, yeah but I can't eat it myself but at least I could prepare that and everybody could still come around and we could hang out together so I think we'll do that oh that's good glad to hear that (laughs) so you mentioned also that you were speaking with like multiple ENTs until you found one that had heard of parosmia and the condition so has that been helpful to find someone who knows kind of what you're talking about um in some ways yes um he's very sympathetic and he completely understands what I'm going through he knows how this can affect people's uh you know their quality of life but at the same time, the last time I saw him, he said, I'm really sorry, my hands are tied. I can't do anything for you. Um, and especially because I'm pregnant, he can't do further testing or give me certain medications to try or anything until I've had the baby. <laughs> so I'm seeing him again in February um, and I'll have a CT scan then and see what we can do. But, yeah. Good. So you haven't, ha- you haven't actually been able to have a CT scan since this happened? No, but he has actually diagnosed me with parosmia. I didn't actually tell him that that's what I had. <laughs> um, yeah. I just had a chat to him. He did some, you know, examinations at my nose and things, um, just did what he could. And, yep, he said, yep, I think you have this parosmia. And I was like, yep, funny, like, funny you should say that <laughs> kind of thing because I knew oh, I had it. confirmed what you knew, Yeah, yeah. So what kind of foods are you able to tolerate? (laughs) Not a lot. (laughs) Um, Since May, um, so I could initially tolerate a meal replacement shake. So the only thing that tastes normal to me is milk, strangely. (laughs) which has been great because I spent five months of my pregnancy literally just consuming milk and a multivitamin because I Mm -hmm. couldn't tolerate anything else. But in recent weeks, I have been able to force myself, (laughs) and I say force myself because it still tastes bad, to eat like a little bit of tinned peaches or tinned apricots. Mm -hmm. And um, the only other thing is some dried meat, so the South African version would be biltong or jerky in America. Yeah, um, jerky. So, yeah, I can tolerate that in small portions as well, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> wow. It's a very limited yeah. diet. Yeah. <laughs> so I think and part what... of the – sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> what was interesting for me was um, – being pregnant I still had so many pregnancy cravings and Uh, I craved the actual food for how it tasted but I could never satisfy the cravings because I can't ever get that taste it was really weird and difficult (laughs) I bet so you like you're craving like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but when you actually (laughs) make your peanut butter and jelly sandwich it tastes terrible and it's not what you imagined yeah I can bet sounds terrible (laughs) yeah so one of the things that with these different smell disorders so doing the interviews with different people with these different smell disorders that we have they're all invisible 
So mm-hmm. people can't see visually that there's anything wrong with you. So what yeah. is that like for you living with an invisible disability? Yeah, I think that's probably the hardest thing. People tend to forget, even um, in the beginning, my husband would forget and he'd be like, would you like some toast? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't eat that. (laughs) But, you know, obviously meaning well, but he would forget or he'd be like, oh, do you want to try some of this or whatever? But also even it can make things a bit depressing because if you, like the other day I went to the supermarket and I still do the shopping and buy my husband's food and I don't know I can't even remember what it was but there was something that I bought that was a new thing for him to try and they were like oh this looks good how does that taste or does that taste good you know and I'm like oh haven't tried it yet you know so it's a bit hard to get around that yeah and you just constantly have people talking about food around you and it just yeah, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> has it has it had an impact in terms of you being able to like I know you talked about like being very sociable and having a lot of friends over for food and things like that. Has the parosnia really impacted you going out to meet people in, in those kinds of social situations as well? Yeah. Um I definitely wouldn't meet anybody like at a mall or at a cafe or anything like that, um, where there's any coffee or food smells around but I've got around it in certain ways by inviting people over here or going over to their house yeah but most of my friends already understand I've got this condition so I think in some ways a lot of people (laughs) don't bother (laughs) inviting me over because they know I can't eat anything (laughs) so that makes it a bit tricky (laughs) yeah what would you like people who do not have parosnia to know what it's like to have this condition like what's the one thing you would want them to know and understand about what it's like for you I think the one thing I find really interesting that people have started asking me since I've had this condition instead of asking me how are you they would say how do you feel (laughs) so I guess I don't really know how to respond to that so I think people should just continue to treat you the same way with this condition and ask you how are you because I feel completely fine (laughs) you know I feel like a normal person it's just that there's this condition that's in the background that I can't escape but yeah I think just treating people with parosmia with with the same you know the same way that you used to I think would be a really good thing Um, yeah like don't don't tiptoe around you anymore yeah interesting yeah (laughs) so do you I know that this condition is not funny but is there are there any funny moments or anything that you've been able to find humor in or if not that are there any memorable stories that you'd like to share about having parosmia I definitely can't think of anything funny um but um I don't know I guess this is kind of funny but with my first pregnancy that I had um my son was a really big baby um he was just over five kilos and (laughs) with this pregnancy I've been told that I'm not allowed to gain more than five kilos but I'm thinking if my baby previously was more than five kilos and I lost almost eight kilos (laughs) um when he was born 
how is that even possible? But with parosmia, I've lost over 20 kilos during this pregnancy. So it's possible for me to meet that standard now, which is an impossible standard to meet otherwise. <laughs> so I so guess that's been kind, kind of, of helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just, I'm not super familiar with like kilograms to pounds. So I just looked it up. So 20 20 kilos is 44 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. So, and your baby, you said your baby was five kilos, your first baby? Uh, 5.35 kilos. So he's nearly 12 pounds. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That is a really big baby. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome though. Is he he a big kid now? Like, yeah, he's really tall, but he's actually quite skinny. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. looks like a three-year-old. A lot of people think he's a lot older than he is. <laughs> and how old is he now? He's just over two. He's just over two and he looks like he's three. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So kind of back to the Facebook support groups, if anyone's interested in getting in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Would it be via those Facebook support groups or another way? Yeah, um, via the Facebook support groups is fine. I'm on both of the anosmia and parosmia ones. And I, didn't, I don't think I shared your last name. So how would they find you on there? It's just Chantelle Mitchell. So they can look for me on there. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, I was just thinking, um, so initially I was able to work from home after my son was born and then I was meant to integrate back into the office, but I've, with the parosmia and a cafe downstairs just before I go to the lift to get up to work and with everybody having coffees and lunches at their desks and things, I would have found that really impossible to actually deal with so um I had to get a letter from my doctor to explain this parosmia condition to allow me to be able to continue working from home yeah so that was just another interesting challenge that I had to go through but that's great though that you're able to work from home now yeah definitely and I've only got a couple weeks to go before I'm on maternity leave for a year so hopefully I'll have some recovery during that time. Yeah. Wow. So is maternity leave in New Zealand an entire year? You don't actually get paid for an entire year. Um, I think it's about 22 weeks you get paid. But and you're entitled? Actually, uh, yeah, you're, you're entitled to take up to a year off. That's awesome. And your work will keep your job open. But my work actually will give me three months full pay before I get paid by the government. So that's really great. <laughs> that is amazing. We definitely yeah. don't have up to a year of maternity leave in the United States. Oh, wow. States. What do yeah. you have there? It's 12 weeks. Wow. That's so little. Yeah, I think it's about 12 weeks. Wow. So it's definitely not, definitely not 52 weeks. So <laughs> that's oh, wow. such a big difference. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Of course. 
Thank you to Chantel for coming on the show and sharing her parosmia story with all of us. If you'd like to get in touch with her, you can find her on the Facebook Parosmia Support Groups by her first and last name, Chantel Mitchell. And Chantel is spelled C-H-A-N-T-E-L, and Mitchell is spelled M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. I'll include links to both of the Parosmia Support Groups on the episode notes. If you have a story that you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, please email me at thesmellpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at The Smell Podcast. I'm always interested in sharing listener stories. And talking about wanting to share things, please don't forget that you can send me voice messages and provide feedback about the episodes or other things smell related. I'd love to include your feedback on the show. Let me know what you thought about today's episode in a voicemail. And you can also let me know what topics you would like to see covered in the future. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Smell Podcast on iTunes. Reviews are helpful because they allow others to find the show. And finally, if you would like to financially support the podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. I appreciate your support. And a huge shout out to everyone who currently contributes to the show. Your generosity makes the podcast possible. Until next time, have a great day.